welcome to the Dynasty Vipers Vipercast, where all things football are injected right to your veins. With your hosts, Matt Donnelly, Calvin Shoemake, and Jeff Mueller. What is up and welcome to a next edition here of our team spotlight series that we have with Dynasty Vipers. I am super pumped about this episode here with these Steelers fans, but just to give you a little bit of an introduction of what we're doing, we're going through all 32 teams and we are just talking to guys that know football, they're in the fantasy football industry, know a little bit at least about what they're talking about, but they're also fans of the team. They've been around the team for a long time. They uh, they know what they're talking about here, so it's really exciting. And you know, thinking about from a perspective of dynasty, gets to January and February, we start thinking about the rookies, which is good. We need to think about the rookies. We need to think about their talent, but we also need to think about these landing spots, the teams that they find themselves in, and knowing the teams is going to help us out as we go and we uh, take on this off season. So here to talk with us, we have an awesome panel of guests. I'm going to go through you guys here one at a time. You'll just introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about where to find you, what you're working on. Will, we'll start with you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Always good to get the invite. And hey, we're here to talk about who I think is the best team in football. And I know that there's at least two or three other people in this podcast that would that would think the same. So thanks so much for having us on. Always good to rock it with the, with the Dynasty Vipers. You can find all my stuff at It's Harris Time on, on Twitter. And yeah, writing for True North, I write for uh, Monkey Knife Fight, and really, really putting a lot of energy into uh, my company, Viridian Global, where you can actually find some awesome uh, Dynasty Vipers merch on there. Lots of really great fantasy uh, fantasy football wear for you to find out. And yeah, let's uh, let's. I guess I'll hand it over to to Brian, the FF Aviator, my 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 best my best buddy slash nemesis. And fellow Steeler fan. What's well. up, Brian? Hey, man. How's it going? Thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, just like uh, Will, I, most of my uh, work is over at uh, True North FFV. And uh, I've been doing some dynasty rankings over there. I've been putting out a monthly article uh, called the Dynasty Radar. Uh, during the season, had a few articles, other stuff popping on there. And on Twitter at uh, the FF Aviator, and uh, yeah, ready to talk some Steelers here. Heck yeah, uh, Herms, let's go to you. Uh, introduce yourself. Tell us where to find you. What up? What up? What up? What up? It's your boy Herms. Woo! Ah, man, I talk about football specifically as it pertains to fantasy football on my own blog, and you can find that at the lateral FF on Twitter and at thelateralff.com. I also write about other football stuff with 14 Personnel. You can find them on Twitter at 14p underscore pod or at 14personnel.com. Woo! So, yeah, (laughs) I know some stuff. Love it. Love the interview. (laughs) And then, so, um, TNFT Tyrell, is it Tyrell? Is that your first name? Yeah, call me Ty. Everyone calls me Ty. Ty. Thanks, uh, thanks so much for having me on. Uh, big fan of the Viper channel on YouTube. Will, I remember the epi you were on. That was a really good Diddy, uh, 
you know, you guys talked fantasy, talked about some charitable contributions that took place during the year. Uh, it was super fitting to see, you know, there was some international vibes some flavor on that one. And uh, mm-hmm. I remember it was, uh, you know, Josh at uh, FF Gives Back on that one, talking Canada. That's right. And our boy Will, our boy Will was on that one, pitching the catchiest named uh, best ball league in the whole entire world. Uh, <laughs> and it's funny, Will, on that one, you go, it's super easy to find at the CNBBCL, I think. And uh, it's That's just right. funny. I remember that so vividly because I give you a hard time about that uh, that acronym. <laughs> but yeah, at, at True North FFB, that's where we all are. We are all at uh, Travis and I are live every Wednesday. Man alive! I thought we had quite the guest, quite the poll this past week. Graham Barfield, and then yeah. turns out you guys did too. Totally prices <laughs> right at us. So uh, that was a, a terrific interview, though. Great, uh, great stuff. But if you like that, you know, I'm sure you like uh, the interview we had with them. So check out Fantasy Football on the YouTube channel, uh, True North Fantasy Football. And yeah, we have uh, JJ Zacharyson on next week. So pumped to talk about that. Wow. But pumped to talk about uh, some Steelers Nation tonight. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, we asked Graham. We were like, hey, when are you going on with those guys? He said Wednesday. So we were like, uh, how does Tuesday sound? What about that? No, kidding. Um, so uh, honestly, I'm just super excited to talk to you guys about the Steelers. Obviously, I mean, you could make an argument. Maybe we'll just go ahead and make Cowboys fans mad that maybe the best franchise in the history of uh, the NFL right here, the Steelers. Come on. So, let's just let, get out of your 49ers. As a Saints fan, look, we, we you know, about know, 15 years ago, we had a championship, however long it's been. Uh, you guys are well acquainted with championships uh, with the Steelers. So just give me an idea of what it's like growing up a Steelers fan. Tell me a little bit about your history with the team. Kind of want to hear from all you guys. And uh, you know what? Let's just go back in that reverse order. So, Ty, I'm going to toss it right back to you. Sure, yeah. It's funny you mentioned the Cowboys because you always have those dynamics at play growing up. I could have easily been a Cowboys fan. I could have been raised a Broncos fan, and I'm from uh, the Pacific Northwest, so all my buddies are, are Seahawks fans mostly. But I'm a Steelers fan because of my grandpa. He won that battle at a young at a young age, so clearly I was I was making more sound decisions as a small child than I uh, <laughs> than I have in adulthood. But yeah, I really I just I kind of love the team's history, right? The culture. I know that's a, a trigger word. The stigma associated with that word, though, is kind of, you know, other teams trying to cultivate what the Steelers, you know, they want to emulate what this organization has done throughout the years. And I'm I'm talking everything from like the infinite coaching, coaching tenures to like the defensive mentality, just smart decision making top to bottom. So I've just always loved the Steelers also because you have all the offensive names, right? You get the Terry Bradshaws, the Big Bens, Franco Harris, Pettis, mm-hmm. all these guys, Willie Parker, Lev Bell, Heinz Ward, AB. Those are the guys who get all the credit and everything, but we also have like those historic defensive players that get less talked about, like the Jacks, Jack Ham, Jack Lambert, Dwight White, Mel Brown, uh, Mel Blunt, sorry, Troy Polamalu, all those mm-hmm. guys. And uh, yeah, so I, I really just love what they're doing. I know there's been some hypocrisy when it comes to how we deal with personalities or the quote culture in recent years but uh not to mention i think we might be headed down a little bit of a dark tunnel for a couple of years if the team doesn't like hit at the quarterback position for cheap i'm sure you feel that as a saints fan <laughs> yeah um, matt wanted to make sure that nobody was going to be doing any tiktok dances on the dynasty viper logo during this episode so <laughs> just want to make sure that doesn't happen uh, uh, we we actually did we did that pregame. We already yeah. danced on the Viper logo pregame. It's going to go viral after this uh, podcast is over. I can tell you that. <laughs> and then we'll retire God. it. Herms, what about you? Tell me about your history with the team. 
So, um, like anybody else who's from the state of Maryland, I'm incredibly proud of the fact that I'm from the state of Maryland. I have, like, the flag tattooed on my chest and stuff, and, like, all sorts of those types of things. Uh, I also have uh, tattoos of uh, different D.C. area sports teams, because those are the ones that I chose to root for. But when it came to football, I did not choose to root for the Steelers, as my parents are from northwest Pennsylvania. So that was kind of just given to me. So it was like, hey, here you go. Here's who you're rooting for. And I was like, okay, let's do it. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's you know, they're from that part of the country where this is kind of like all people you know, give a crap about. I don't know if I can say bad words. But, uh, you know, that's... Steelers football is just huge to all my relatives, all that stuff. So, I mean, I don't know. It was just, it's just one of those things, you know, that's, uh, you, you get forced into it and you're like, okay, sure, fine. This, this, this works. And, uh, it's been nice for the most part. I mean, I got to see two Super Bowl titles in my lifetime, uh, for, Every other team I root for, it has been painful and led me to tears. But at least I had that nice, you know, happiness early on as a child. So I still knew what winning felt like. So, you know, but I remember, like, you know, Cordell Stewart. Those were good times. Yeah. I remember I still have a Tommy Maddox jersey somewhere. You know, simpler times. Simpler times. But uh, I don't know. I just, I really like them. And I didn't have a choice in the matter whatsoever. But go Steelers. Yeah, like like many of us, that's uh, that's true. Yeah, Cordell Stewart, Antoine Randall, that's uh, kind of brings you back to those days. But uh, Brian, how about you? What's your history with the team? Uh, when I first started uh, watching lots of football, I uh, I was coming out of a rugby background, and uh, what really drew me to the Steelers was their hard hitting defense and how they ran the ball, and I just I loved the culture of wanting to go out there and run right over people or lay someone out across the middle, like even Heinz Ward would back in the day. So yeah, that's, that's, that's what, that's what brought me to the Steelers and their culture. Yep. Love that. Will. Yeah. For me, it's echoing a lot of the stuff that the guys said, I guess maybe I'm a bit different in, in the sense that I, I kind of came into NFL football pretty late in, in life. Uh, for whatever reason, I was uh, I played a lot of hockey. Was obsessed with uh, watching the Maple Leafs lose for a long time, until I was fortunate enough to be uh, gifted actually um, a birthday present that was Steelers tickets. I don't know if you guys remember this, but there was a time where the Buffalo Bills were playing some games at the Sky Dome <laughs> here in Toronto, and so it's an it was that gift. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think that it was a corporate comp gift, but we don't have to get into that. <laughs> and it was 2008. Me and my uh, bro went to the game. First NFL game. I wouldn't, uh, you know, watching a game in Toronto is one of the worst experiences, no matter what sport it is. However, what blew me away that absolutely floored me is that Buffalo is 45 minutes down the road from us, right? Like it's literally just across the water. <laughs> and this stadium was packed with Steelers fans. This was a home game for the Bills. And it was completely, it was Steelers Nation black and yellow everywhere. And I was just blown away. I didn't know what to expect. And seeing that, like, Steelers Nation come alive in, in Toronto drew me to the team. Also, growing up, 
I had sat and watched the Bills uh, blow four, what was four Super Bowls um, as a kid. And I'm just like, yeah, this doesn't make any sense. And to Brian's point, I was a big rugby player back in the day. I'm like, this is my style of football, man. I, I love how the Steelers have done it. I love the history. So that's a little bit about my story and how I got onto uh, onto Steeler Nation and yeah, haven't looked back since. You know, pre-COVID, I was down. I go to Pittsburgh at least once a year to take in a game, at least once a year. That that's awesome, and uh, that's a really good point you just made. Like the Steelers are definitely the best traveling uh, fan base, maybe in all of sports, and that's one of the things that we missed from this year. That's one of those things that. Uh, was stolen from us because you would always see that with the Broncos game, something like that. They would just travel so well. And uh, I don't, I don't want to dwell maybe too much on the 2020 season. Obviously, you know, I think it's like anytime anybody talks about the Steelers, you have to call it the most interesting season. Um, but uh, yeah, put your shades on. So yeah, 11 and 0, and then obviously one and five after that. But um, I, I had this thought. As bad as maybe the end of the season went, it could have been a lot worse. We could be looking at an AFC championship of the Ravens and the Browns, which would have been way worse, I think, for Steelers fans, right? Nah, whatever. I mean, I, I don't know about anybody else, but like I, like the Ravens, I absolutely despise the Ravens just because it's one of those things. It's like the Spider-Man pointing at Spider-Man meme. You know what huh. I mean? It's like we're so similar that it's just like, oh, you, ah, ah. But uh, I don't know. I was kind of pulling for the Browns a little bit because it's one of those things where it's like, you know, the little brother that's, you know, just, like, I want to be like you guys. And it's just like, but they've grown up so much. Like, oh, my gosh, I'm so proud of you. Like, just a small part of me was like, you know what? You get them, Browns. Very small part. But I was like low key, like kind of OK with it because they've been bad for so long. You know what? Screw it. It's like, you know, what? have your time. Go for it. Why not? Yeah, I, I just I kind of I kind of feel that narrative, but with Baker Mayfield at the helm under center, I cannot like that team, man. Just how he was showboating and gunning after that um, Week 17 victory against the Steelers. Come on, I just I can't pull for that team. I do I do like a lot of the pieces that Cleveland has done. You know where they went, where where they came from. Uh, you know that running game is absolutely impressive, but with Baker Mayfield there, they'll always be an absolute joke to me. I dig it. Uh, yeah, they're on that about one. to experience some bad connection here. All right, we can't talk any, <laughs> anything good about the Browns anymore. That's uh, uh, <laughs> that's the only thing I had to say that was nice about them. Otherwise, it's like you know. I... Okay. <laughs> so some interesting things about the season. Maybe you could, you guys can just touch on this. But I noticed that no one threw the ball more than the Steelers did this year. Number one in pass attempts. 15 in passing yards. That shows you a little bit about what kind of passes. Obviously, we knew that. Uh, and nobody had less rushing yards than the Steelers. Obviously, those are probably some areas that we're going to talk about here in the offseason. But I guess going into the offseason, um, whether it's that, whether it's something else, what do you think maybe the elephant in the room, the biggest thing that we need to, uh, the Steelers need to work on over the offseason? Who wants to take this one? <laughs> I don't know where to start. I we we definitely need a running game, and uh, we, yeah. we we all we also <laughs> might want to start grooming someone to uh, fill in for Ben eventually. I don't know if that's Haskins or or what, but uh, are you sure we still don't have time? I mean, we've, we've been waiting on it for how long now? It'll be fine. They'll figure it uh, out, right? Uh, right? Mason Rudolph, he'll do all right. <laughs> 
And it's and it's not like we've got pieces to replace on the O line either. There's no there's no issues there either. And we're not we might not lose you know probably one of our Pro Bowl linebackers as well. That won't happen either. Yeah. I think yeah. I think I think that there's I mean both good and well, I think it's all actually pretty negative how we ended the season, but it revealed some very serious deficiencies as an organization and as a team. It was a um, disappointing start. I think that I, I also have to say, because people got up on their anti-Steelers soapbox pretty damn fast. And, you know, I, I can speak for at least uh, two of the Steelers fans here that we're pretty humble, football-loving, you know, we're pretty objective guys. And this uh, mass kind of ganging up on Steelers fans that we're all these, you know, uh, chest-beating, you know, kind of like, big attitude, big ego kind of fans. I'm like, have you guys ever interacted with a Steeler fan? And I, I was just, everybody got up on this anti-Steeler soapbox. And I'm just like, really? That's what it's come to, Twitter? Like, we actually, that's what you guys actually think. And, uh, you know, most of the time, I just kind of keep my mouth shut. But I had to put up my hand a couple times to say, hey, like, you follow me and we interact all the time and you're grouping every single Steeler fan in together? That's not cool, man. Like that's not that's not who that's not who Steelers fans are. Herms, I don't know if you're you're probably in the same boat, but like I was a bit kind of shocked and and dismayed, and that everybody said that you guys are the worst eleven and zero football team and that has ever existed. Did you guys did you guys see like Green Bay didn't go in eleven zero either, but they weren't a great team last season either. So I think that everybody kind of piled on the on the Steelers when we were down. I guess that's what you get for winning six championships. And being a perennial contender in the AFC North, I guess it's come to be expected. But the team wasn't as wasn't as good as the eleven and zero record led on. But they also weren't as bad as everybody decided to make them once uh, once they started to pile up some loss. And the teams the teams that they played, well, you know, I said I remember it on the Jet Suite show. You know, everybody was asking me, so the Steelers are going to go undefeated? I said I don't think so. They're playing. Uh, at that point, they're going to play probably two of the toughest defenses in the league. They're going to play them tough, and like without a run game, uh, we're going to be we're going to be we're going to be in tough. So, I think that we can go in any direction in terms of needs. There's a lot of needs here. Ty, I would love to hear what you're thinking. Where's the number one need for our black and yellow man? Oh, there it's kind of endless. And just to your point, really quick, it's because of the defense, like. I kind of agree there was a like a handful of issues that you could point to for the Steelers not being a good offense or you know efficiency and all that but uh it was the defense people hate defense they don't want to admit about really good defenses chicks don't want to hear that crap but uh when you look at the team needs I think it's really hard because it brings in a you, you have to bring the salary cap into the conversation uh, because they're yeah, like they're already over the cap, and you're definitely going to lose Bud Dupree coming back off of you know back-to-back seasons, really high sack totals. I say good rinse. I mean, it's not supernatural that we added T.J. Watt. We have to it word alongside him, but Mike Hilton, uh, Cam Sutton, both free agents, and then Joe Hayden, Steve Nelson, both overpaid. Andre Villanueva, Matt Filer on the offensive line, both free agents. DeCastro and Pouncey, both overpaid. Uh, maybe not DeCastro, but. Pouncey is probably a big cut candidate. Maybe you can save some money there. But Juju Smith-Schuster would be the big one. I think that's the other one because if you lose Juju Smith-Schuster, I think people are going to make wide receiver uh, a big a big need for this team. I'm not sure if that's even entirely true. I think a number one running back, like I guess my answer would be 
quarterback is the obvious one, but I'm really not sure they're in a position to add a quarterback that I'm going to approve of and, you know, they that they can afford. And the answer, in my opinion, is probably offensive line and cornerback. Like, let's rebuild some of the positions I believe in. But a number one running back would be kind of the sexy answer for sure. I think a number one running back is definitely on the table. Uh, another covered corner uh, linebacker I want as well. Uh, but overall, like, they need to fix this run scheme. It, it has to be fixed. The last three years straight have been terrible. Uh, under 1,500 yards as a team each season. And I think if you go by position, it, it seems like running back's the only one that really stands out. Maybe they could add in, like, round two or something. Uh, other than that, I think it might be an unsexy draft, and they just don't have the money in free agency to to kind of maneuver and manipulate uh, the market at all. Let's talk about that cap situation a little bit. So it's $28 million over is the latest number that I got off of Sport Track. That's uh, the projected cap for 2021. And there's a quite there's a pretty pretty impressive list of uh, unrestricted free agents, <laughs> including the Bud Dupree that you mentioned, but Villanueva, Avery Williamson, uh, you know, Mike Hilton, obviously Juju Smith-Schuster, there's James Conner. Um, and here is just, the, I, I found this article from Ed Bichette of The Athletic. I don't know if you guys saw this, but his suggestion was go ahead and rip the Band-Aid off. It's time, 2021, get rid of Ben, get rid of Pouncey, get rid of Hayden, get rid of Ebron, get rid of Vince Williams. Obviously, Vance McDonald's retired, uh, Derek Watt. That was $52 million in cap savings by either retirements or cutting those guys. Um, I'll toss it. Herm had heard from you a while. What do you think about those kind of moves for your Steelers? I mean <clears> – <throat> They've really backed themselves into a corner financially and also just with the overall age of the team just because of the fact that I really feel like this past season was just like a, let's just give it one more go, guys. Come on, for Ben, let's do it. And then just like very little regard for, you know, the future, it, which is fine because like that defense was built to win now. And, you know, 2019 didn't really go super well for obvious reasons. So it's just like, hey, you know what? Screw it. If they want to give it one more go, fine. But, you know, at this point, we kind of saw what that team really is, especially because, like, once the defense really started to fall apart, you know, because whenever, you know, you're missing Bud Dupree and Bush and those types of dudes and, like, the onus got put onto the offense to win the game for you it was like oh 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 they can't do that anymore this isn't the killer bees anymore you know this is not the type of thing where you could you know just put up those big points whenever you absolutely needed to like the team's just not there anymore so i mean more power to them for giving it one more go but i think at a certain point it would be responsible to turn the page and you know i don't think that this offseason is going to be that exciting, but there's just, well, just in terms of like, you know, big additions or anything, because you know, it's it's really just going to be a lot of sad goodbyes, you know, a lot of guys <laughs> that we really liked for a long time, but it's like, you know, like, we're, we're into a new decade now, you know, we can't really, uh, we can't look back too much, you know, the sober-eyed thing to do looking forward is just like, free up whatever money you can address what little you can in terms of the fact that like they haven't really you know backloaded the offensive line talent whatsoever it's kind of like they they got old real quick and it's that's that's my biggest concern in terms of everything that they need to do but yeah as far as you know cutting ties and saying screw it let's move on then like i it it's it's time to say goodbye it just is whether we want to or not sometimes you have to you have to pull the plug. But, so you sad. mentioned 
you mentioned the injuries there, and it's not like the Steelers team was bad. I think that's going back to Will's yeah. point, is it's not like this was a bad football team. It, Ben's not Tom Brady's age. Uh, he's not Drew Brees' age. So is it, I mean, is it impossible to just kind of run this thing back, find a way to get under the cap and just like They don't move have a forward? choice. I don't think they have a choice because, you know, they have backed themselves into a corner that literally all you can do at this point is do what they always do, or at least have done in the last couple of years in similar situations. Obviously the cap is kind of caved in on itself this season, but it does skyrocket in 2022 and the Steelers do have a ton of cap room in 2022. So what I imagine they'll do is move a ton of this money like they do every year to the next season and get relief that way to get just under the cap, you know, two or $3 million under the cap. And I imagine like, let's pretend big Ben comes back and that's uh, guaranteed set in stone. They'll move a ton of his money to 2022. Cutting Pouncey is definitely a, a foregone conclusion. That's like the assumption I'm operating under. A couple other guys that, uh, what's his name, mentioned in that article in The Athletic that I did read. Uh, I just felt it was a little bit of a reactionary piece because while we might agree with that being the proper way to attack this you know, team going forward, I just don't know if they're in a position to even do that this year. It might be next year that they have to do exactly that and you know they have guys like step onto it who can also have movie uh money moved to 2022 yeah and there's a lot of talent on the team so this is uh this is actually i don't know if you have any guys have kids but this is my my 12 year old son loves minka fitzpatrick just thinks he's the best defensive player in football (laughs) so there's a lot of great players there right i mean that's i think that's part of the part of the story here is they're kind of at a little bit of a crossroads and Part of what they're also doing is they're trying to add in um, an offensive coordinator. And I did, there's another note that I saw some good things. They interviewed the Chargers QB, Pep Hamilton, um, QB coach, which is great. But um, I also saw they brought in um, Hugh Jackson. If there's any other news you'd like to talk about, we can just, we can blow right past that one. That's, that's cool. Totally cool. That one's just weird. <laughs> That's so weird. I don't even I don't understand that one at all. Well, what's weird but, is it was in it was like everyone was operating under the assumption that it was Matt Canada. It was like the yeah. the guy who was going to take that job, and then we're like, well, why hasn't he been named yet? And then you hear who Jackson got interviewed, and you know I didn't jump off a bridge. I'm here, but Brian, were you uh you were on hiatus here? You uh making your return right here on the Dynasty Vipers? Yeah, I was uh I was back to work uh studying to go back to work. I was I took most of football season off with uh, reconstructive knee surgery, so uh-huh. I I had to get back into the books and go back to work like a real human being again. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I had to cut off the mullet. The beard's growing back out. Right now. It's looking good, bro. You're looking good, bro. Thanks, Kevin. That, that is awesome. So there's already been, we'll talk a little bit about free agency, but there's already been one signing. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the quarterback that was brought in. Will, what do you think about your new uh, your new QB there in Pittsburgh, Dwayne Haskins? Why not? You know, I, I've got a feeling, I don't know how the rest of the guys uh, feel about it, but Big Ben, I almost guarantee, is going to hold on for this season. Yeah, which is which is interesting. I think that he does stick around for another another year. He'll come back for the sixth consecutive season in the best shape of his life. Which of is, <laughs> do you know that every, 
<laughs> so this is an interesting factoid. Beer and golf. Actually, that's right. Beer, golf, mm -hmm. and yoga. Ben actually loses more weight every every season coming back into the season than the season before because during the season he gains about 100 pounds so that he has to lose like 80 pounds. So it started off, I lost 40 pounds, then it was 50 pounds, then it was 60 pounds because he ends the season heavier than what he did the season before. So Ben will come back again in the best shape of his life. I think that it's really interesting bringing in Haskins. Uh, you know, what else are we going to do? Are we going to give it to the duck man and uh, and the other clown that we have, the, the the reindeer? I don't think so. We did that for a season, and it was a catastrophe. Dwayne Haskins, do I think that there's some arm talent there? I think so. I think that we can all at least agree on that. Is there some questionable decision-making? <laughs> Absolutely. Do the Steelers have <laughs> – do the Steelers have a history with this type of player? They do. Yes. And they do, they do have a history with this type of player. And the results have been pretty damn good um, outside mm -hmm. of Martavis Bryant. But thank you to the Raiders for that. And so I, I don't mind it. What, what could be worse? Um, I think that that does mean, I, that does mean that Ben is going to be back for another season. I think it's also – Interesting because if Ben's coming back, then he would have had some say in bringing in Haskins, which is interesting. Yeah, what, it, should, uh, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Car I Carson, think Car I'll Carson, Carson Street's going to be on fire with those two together for sure. Well, I'll give you I'll give you a good stat. Like we're all upset because the air yards, like the low average depth of target, all this, the short passing and everything. That's been a big narrative of the Steelers passing game. Well, Pittsburgh has sported some of the worst completed air yards per attempt numbers in each of the past three seasons. 2020 was the fourth worst out of 96 teams. 2019 Rudolph duck season was the second worst. First of all, when you can hardly distinguish between the two, you're already in trouble, but guess who is the worst team in terms of completed air yards per attempt over any of the past three seasons. Hint, they don't have a team name. Uh, I mean, they yeah, technically it is do. Haskins, <laughs> yeah, Haskins, the worst team we've seen in the last three years in completed air yards per attempt. So it's just like they've consummated this nightmare marriage for, you know, quote, no reason not to purposes, and I, I don't like it. <laughs> so you're saying he's familiar with the system. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He won't be throwing deep. Let's put it that way. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that's it. If nothing else, like I've seen the Saints do this now a couple of times. I think it's what they're doing with Jameis Winston. I know it's what they did with Teddy Bridgewater. Where you bring him in, you got a guy that's got some experience, and then they go sign somewhere else when they kind of people forget right. about how bad they were. They go sign somewhere else, and you get a comp pick out of it, and it doesn't cost you too much. So, you know, I think that's that might be what is going on here. But also, you got somebody that, like you said, he is young, he, he was a high draft pick. Maybe there, maybe with Mike Tomlin's uh, influence. I mean, that's. I'm not sure there's anybody in the league you'd want a guy that maybe has some off-field uh, judgment right concerns. There. You mentioned there, Will, under the Mike Tomlin. Dude, I, I will give. I'll give that statement some context. Look at Antonio Brown when he was playing in Pittsburgh. He was playing at an all-star level, and you heard nothing of the off-the-field shit. You know why? Because of the Steelers organization. There's a lot to be said. And the worst thing, the worst thing that led Bell. And Antonio Brown ever did was decide to leave the Steelers. Mm -hmm. True. Yeah, remember when Antonio I just Brown? Think Ron Rivera. 
Uh, uh, remember when he didn't want to go to the Bills because he didn't think they were a good team? That was... Uh, <laughs> oh, man, he really goofed yeah. that and one. And now they have digs. Yeah. Right. That's the right. Frank Reich... Uh, Frank Reich of players there. Um, hey, some love for uh, Her- Herms here. Look at that. Oh, my gosh. Oh, there we go. Hello. That's my boy right there. Oh. Let's talk about the draft. Though, oh, like, yeah. Go ahead, Herms. Go ahead. The the NFL franchise I live geographically closest to is the Washington football team. Uh, I'm not so much of a fan for numerous reasons, but that's a whole different <clears throat> discussion. So, uh, I mean, I... I've seen a lot of the uh, unfortunate, that's the word I'm going to pick, unfortunate quarterback play they've had to deal with throughout the course of my entire life. And uh, while Haskins, I don't, like, I mean, clearly he didn't light the world on fire, but toward the end of, not this past season, but the season before, he showed flashes of being pretty good. Not great, but at least pretty good. And, like, how do I know this? Well, anybody that I work with or whatever would just hear the DC Sports Talk radio being like, Ah, we finally fixed it! Haskins, you know! So, I mean, like, you know, a lot of of crazy back and forth on that, dude. Wide-ranging opinions, but, you know, uh, I don't know. I... The bar for the Steelers' backup quarterbacks is so low that all he has to do (laughs) is step over it because it's on the floor. You know, like, honestly, I don't see what could, it can't get worse. And, you know, like everybody was saying, like, yes, like the Mike Tomlin influence, boom. But also just from a coaching standpoint, like I, that, that Pep Hamilton thing, man. I mean, I swear, if that dude comes in to be OC, the QB whisperer, look at, look at his track record, man. I mean, he's done a really good job because like working with people like Andrew Luck at Stanford and dude, just like, man, I, mm, man. I would I would really like to see it. I'm more mm-hmm. excited about it if they land Pep to come in. Because at that point, the two of them working together on top of the culture that already exists to mm-hmm. really work to humble people and stuff. I mean, like, low-key. Like, I don't know. It could be good. It's likely to be terrible, but, like, it could be good. It could be good. Keep an open mind. Yeah. Let's Can talk about the draft, the um, Steelers are in a, a, a position that is it's not likely that the answer for quarterback is going to come from there. Like the cap situation isn't necessarily great unless you, you know, love Kyle Trask. I don't know that there's going to be a great quarterback available at 24. But, you know, there's this Najee question that seems to be somebody that keeps getting mocked to the Steelers. Um, Will, I'll just start with you. What do you think about their, what they're going to do with that number one overall pick? O-line, best available O-lineman, 100%. We can dream about a three-down back uh, coming in the draft. It's it's not happening with that first pick. If if they don't go with, uh, with the O-line, it'll be a big, big surprise to me. I mean, this is a smart organization. They built, for, they built from their lines, and I think that they're going to probably seek some value with uh, some later running back, running, running back picks. You know, I'm still hopeful. I know that Ty uh, is uh, is already writing McFarland off. I like what I saw there. You know, you give him, you give some more snaps to him next year. Bring in a veteran back, and just you know, I think about somebody like Mark Ingram to come in and just plug that role of a of a veteran back and give McFarland some snaps. What about Smell? 
<laughs> don't get me started. <laughs> don't get me. Don't get me started with. Come Sam. on, you love him. He's right up there with Montgomery for you. Yeah, it would be a toss-up who I'd want on my team, Demon or, or Benny Snell. It'd be pretty close between the two. But I think that that first round, that first round capital is going to go to the O line. It pretty much has to, you know, because I mean, like, yes, ideally it would be super sick to see somebody like Najee Harris coming. But even if you look at the history of the franchise, they find value at running back later on. Because, like, unless we forget, like, it's not like Le'Veon Bell was a super early pick either. You know what I mean? Like, the stud that everybody remembers from the last decade or so. You know, like, they've always done a very good job of identifying that talent to fit what they do. And like you said, building from the inside out in terms of how they just do their roster in general. So, I mean, if it's not O-line, I'd be like, wow, okay, okay, cool, uh, okay, what, what's going on? Because it would just be, like, such an identity shift being, like, I don't know. It's the most responsible thing to do, and it's the thing that they just, I mean, because as much as we want to fix the running game with a running back, no, no, no. You fix the running game with the line in front of them. That's yeah. It, that's and they haven't hired the offensive line coach yet. They still have to hire an offensive line coach, which might be one of the hangups yeah. why they haven't named an offensive coordinator yet. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they were looking at the um, was it the the Lions' offensive line coach? They were looking at. Uh, they brought him in for an interview, um, which is really interesting. Um, I, I I still kind of want to see what Anthony McFarland would do. I I I. I I, you know, Snell's one thing, but I mean, McFarland looked like he was pretty good to me when he got some work, and I liked him in college. Well, See, I think, um, what I think, like Snell's usage. Sorry, Snell's usage. I think kind of shows us though. One of the big identities of the Pittsburgh Steelers running back is that they can be an every down back, and I feel like they might want to try and get back to that because a lot of the whispers are circling around adding a three down running back. And the whispers, like Kevin Colbert, the visits, the Zoom meetings, we can follow that. And it's actually like pretty sticky when it comes to the Steelers organization, like following the meetings and all that. Uh, so we can definitely see who they end up visiting with and things like that. But I, I really think they are going to add a running back in that second round. I think that second or the third round. But I think that second round is kind of the new first round. Like it wouldn't shock me if Najee Harris is there in the to second round. And totally, Ty. Totally. That running back trap just continues to decrease every single season. In the draft, yeah, Brian. And I like McFarlane. Of... He's very no, explosive. Yeah, I just I like McFarlane. He's just kind of a, a big play running back, right? Like he's kind of. Uh, I, I just think it was a weird pick. I'll put it that way. I thought so at the time, and I still kind of think so. Brian, I want to ask you. I, I like uh, Will's idea of Mark Ingram. That he, I mean, talk about a locker room guy. Um, I mean, I, I don't know hey, that he's trust baby, Mister yeah, Man himself. He was, he was a saint here for Maybe a while, and like you know, talk about the best hype man. I mean, you pay somebody like else. That. He's he, he's awesome. But Brian, what do you think if if James Conner doesn't come back? Who who's the running back? Uh, in just, Pittsburgh? I'll, I'll jump James in. He's not coming back. He's he's done. Can we all collectively agree that he's Although, not coming back as a Steeler? Shout yeah. out Erie, Pennsylvania, though. I do love James Conner very much. That's where my family smokes from. I so I've got a soft spot in my heart for the guy. It makes me sad to see like... him leave because I wanted it to work so badly. He's so cool. You know, <laughs> this is the perfect marriage, yeah. Yeah, but his body just, you know, I mean, like, I'm I'm glad they gave him the opportunity that they did. It's a, it's a great story, great guy. Everything about him, fantastic. But, you know, his body's been through a lot, whether it's injuries or, you know, 
cancer treatments for God's sakes, you know, right. like him even COVID making it year. to where he did. Right. It's just like, I mean, I love that dude. I love that dude to death. Wish him nothing but the best, but it's over. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to your question there, I, I, I'm sort of along the same lines as Ty and Will. I think in that first round they're going to go offensive line, and I could see them drafting someone day two. You know, take a chance on a guy if that's where they want to go. Like Ty was saying, they're really good at picking guys to fit their scheme, and they'll get production out of whoever they decide they want to go with that scheme. Uh, you mentioned if if it's a free agent. I don't. I think it'll be through the draft myself. Uh, I I can't really see them bringing in someone. I know Ty likes Mike Davis. That might be a a cheap like cheap option. You know, uh, I think he'll be back in Seattle. I've heard a rumor about possible Chris Carson. He'd probably work in that scheme as well. He might be available for a, a, a friendly deal with the Steelers to come over that organization. I wouldn't hate that, but uh, my my gut feeling is they're going to address it in the draft. How, how many of you guys are also Penn State fans? Anybody? Huskies. No. Let's go Huskies. Huskies. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm, it's it's too high for this guy, but you know, somewhere if they could find themselves in the early second, Pat Fryermuth seems like he would be kind of an interesting guy to add to that team. As a, um, I, I wouldn't a, mind Javante Williams either. I like what I've seen on film from him. I can see that. Although Frymouth would be interesting because it's been really interesting to see them constantly chasing, trying to replace Heath Miller, because they've tried a lot of different people to fill that spot, and it just never seems to work. And like, I'm, I, I low key like, I'm, I'm down with Ebron a little bit, but that is, you know, it's it's another one of those cases where like it kind of goes back to the earlier conversation of just like, okay, maybe maybe you got to move on from some of this because it didn't exactly work out. But uh, I don't know, I've. A nice tight end for the Steelers. You know, it's a good, it's a good throwback kind of thing. You know, like I would like to see them do something like that. Well, you you, you bring too. up drops. Um, oh, I'm sorry, you bring up e- Ebron, and uh, makes me think of drops. <laughs> of course, <laughs> um, yes, naturally. <laughs> let's talk about uh, Deontay Johnson because obviously that's the narrative on him. I think he's super talented. He got 140 something targets this year. Uh, it's not like he was terrible. He finished as a wide receiver too. I think he got knocked out in the first quarter of what three games. Um, so I, I mean, he, it was, yeah, yeah. Um, so what do you think of Deontay? Is he, is he kind of a guy that you're looking at as can be a 140, 150 target kind of a guy going forward? Will, what do you think? Absolutely. We've already, we've already seen it, right? Uh, the drops, the drops can also be correlated to the amount of volume that he, that he did see on a, on a, on a game to game basis. I think the talent is there. I think maybe one of the one of the question marks is with a new quarterback. I mean, Ben has his pets. Deont Bay was certainly Ben's little little pet uh, for every single game that he was healthy, right? And if Ben is not going to be here for next season, I still believe that he will. But what does the future look like uh, with another quarterback that isn't feeding him that kind of volume? That would be the question mark. And then the health. I mean, he does have some durability issues. I think that he's got the I think that he does have the talent. 
Is that talent dependent on volume? While Ben's still under center, not a concern of ours, but that time is coming to an end. Ty, what do you think? Yeah, I think uh, you nailed the you nailed it on the head with the volume. I think is the issue, right? Like 144 targets is exquisite, but you mentioned one of the past heaviest teams in football, so mm-hmm. a 23% market share will look a lot different in a different offense. And if we're preaching about this run game uh, sort of being a priority in the off uh, in the off season, I think we definitely have to scale back some of the expectations. With that said, I think we expect a lot of vacated volume in this offense if Juju Smith-Schuster was to leave. A lot of that goes to uh, the red zone. So I think him and Chase Claypool had like the most targets inside the 10 yard line for the Steelers team already as a rookie. So it's not like he's going to skyrocket from there. So a lot of those juju targets would go to either Ebron or or Deontay Johnson. Uh, The thing I noticed about him this year, though, was he was really feast or famine. Like he was a top 24 wide receiver in PPR seven times this year. But only one of uh, sorry, but only one of those sorry six of those times he ended up being a top twelve wide receiver. So hmm. when he finished as a top twenty four wide receiver, he basically finished as a wide receiver one. But when he didn't finish as a top twenty four wide receiver, he he wasn't you know blowing up or anything. So I think a lot of it will come down to the touchdown total with Deontay Johnson next year, and I think that's another area that we can spot some pretty obvious regression when it comes to the Steelers team because. You know, we look at these last two years from Ben and we're spotting a lot of ways that he's declining, yet he's posted his two highest touchdown totals in 2018 and then 2020. So uh, I like Deontay a lot. I just worry that he might jump the shark a little bit in fantasy. Yeah, and and could some of that come because Chase Claypool gets more involved? I mean, you you mentioned Feast or Famine there, and sometimes it does seem like they just – whether it was they didn't trust Ben to challenge down the field, whether he didn't trust what he was seeing down the field, or you know didn't feel like he could make the throw, whatever it was. Um, Brian, what, what do you think? You think Chase Claypool surpasses him and is the best wide receiver on the team next year? <laughs> it's funny you ask me that because uh, I think I'm one of the higher guys on on Claypool uh, around TNFF anyway. But they were bugging me about my rankings yesterday too. Uh, but I'm lower on Deontay. And yeah, I, th- I think that Claypool definitely has a higher ceiling. I see it anyway, you know, just his athletic profile. I like his size. I like his speed. Deontay's a better route runner for sure. Um, but I, 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 I don't like how many drops he has. And we were having a conversation the other day and, you know, it got pointed out to me that some of the, higher uh bigger name guys are typically leaders of uh drops for the season you know because they're getting more targets and i don't ever really see any of those higher profile guys getting benched in games because they're dropping the balls Hmm. there was a lot of like concentration drops where tomlin just wasn't having it it happened too many times and I think with Juju getting out, uh, they're going to have to look at what they have. And I could totally see them scheming Claypool. Like they did it in the middle of the season a lot. And they sort of got away from it a while. You know, when uh, Claypool was heavily being used, they were scheming him on jet sweeps. They were using him in the end zone. They were building plays around him and using his athletic ability. And I think that's what you could see going forward. 
Yeah, and so it sounds like we got kind of a consensus that offensive line is the biggest need. Um, I think even with Juju leaving, it doesn't seem like wide receiver seems to be something that needs to be addressed very much. Um, what about, I mean, there's a lot of big names in free agency coming up. Um, I mean, the defense is pretty set. I mean, I, I, like it does, doesn't seem like there's a lot of needs for defense. Correct me if, if I'm wrong, but um, what do you think? I mean, it, it, in terms of free agency, is there a big name guy that, assuming they can figure out the cap situation, is there any kind of big names that you guys expect to bring in? Herms, start with you. I mean... <sighs> I, I don't. I don't really think so. I think even if they really wanted to, it's not something that would be financially prudent for them to do anyway. I think they're very conscious of that, and I think that they understand that. You know, some of the things that you know, maybe doing some of those types of things would be better served for next off season and the season after that, when the financial flexibility becomes a little, you know expanded there's a word i'm gonna stick with that word yes like when it becomes a little more you know possible for them to do stuff like that but i think at least for this off season it's going to be relatively boring in terms of you know watching you know the free agents you know free agency frenzy go along because i don't think you're going to see a lot of big name stealer stuff so i mean i in terms of you know off season transactions i'm 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 thinking about the draft. I'm not really even thinking about free agency. So, I mean, there would be, there are some dudes that would be awesome that would come in, especially because I know like going back to, you know, Chris Carson's name being mentioned, like, yeah, of course that would be totally sick. But like, what's the likelihood of that happening? Like, I don't know, not that high, you know, like I think they, they understand where they're at in like, I, I trust the organization to do the right thing. I question some of their decisions sometimes, but for the most part, you know, they don't have a lot of loose screws up there. I think they're pretty self-aware of what's going on. So, no, nah, like, they got to save that money. Ty, what about you? What do you think? Free agency. Yeah, I kind of just echo what everyone said about the cap. Like, I think they are that constricted. And I think, uh, you know, if we do get ancillary pieces that are signing, uh, it, it might be closer to the regular season when these guys are, are dropping their prices a little bit. We might even have to wait until that period, uh, especially because we do have like quite a bit of, of holes. Uh, I think they're going to want to shore up positions like cornerback and, you know, you got to add an edge rusher, probably somebody in that, in that front seven in the rotation with Bud Dupree leaving. And Matt Spillane is like a, an exclusive rights guy. So you, you, we have lots of almost, you know, half our positions to address. So I do think they, they'll try and add these little pieces. I think it might be closer to the regular season. I also think they'll add a tight end in free agency as well, because we're just not, we, I don't think, I can't remember the last time we drafted a tight end before round five. Like I, you know, even Jesse James, uh, Zach Gentry, those guys are all late round picks. And, you know, we usually have looked at free agency for tight ends. Ty, you look like you would have the best TikTok dance moves on the, on the screen here. I? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Get the ball energy going to Will. I love that. I, love that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't Beyonce that, so that's good. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> oh no! Oh god! <laughs> My, just go with it. It's fine. The screen fell. Um, I lost my Steelers background, man. Um, Will, Brian, what do you guys think? Uh, I mean, same thing, free agency, just no, expectations are no big names. Hey, we're, yeah. we're, up, we're, we're up and over the cap already. And to be, to be 
the best players that we could possibly sign in free agency are on our own team if we had the money to be able to do it. Would we <laughs> Would we love to be able to bring Juju back? A hundred percent. He is going to price himself out of Pittsburgh. There's no doubt about it. Uh, would we love to re-sign Bud Dupree? Absolutely. One thing that there is a direct correlation with, who went down uh, with injury in week 12 for the Steelers? Bud Dupree. And not saying that he was everything to do with our, our losses, but I think that there was... There, there was a point that, you know, some of the pressure that he was able to bring uh, allowed Watt to work, uh, allowed Watt to do his thing. And, you know, I would, I know that Ty doesn't, doesn't like Dupree. I think that he did play a big part in this defense and will be, will be missed. So for me, if we had the money, we'd be re-signing guys on our, on our own squad before looking outside. I think that we will look to the scrap heaps to be able to bring in somebody at running back, to be able to bring somebody in at tight end. And I look forward to that. I look forward to seeing who's left at the end, who hasn't picked a dance partner, and who is, uh, who's that uh, ugly redheaded stepchild that, uh, that we pick up in, in free agency. It'll be, it'll be fun to see, and I, and I think that's going to be a running back. Okay, yeah. quick rapid fire here. Jameis Winston, yes or no? No. No real life, no fantasy. Sure, yeah. for fantasy it could be really interesting, but yeah, real life, I'm, I'm with you. Um, Cam Newton, yes or no? No. Uh, yeah. Taylor Henneke. <laughs> no. No. Uh, yeah, that, that, some of those lower names. It's just hard to find one that yeah. I, and I'm with you. Look, the Saints are probably going to be rolling with Taysom Hill. Um, oh, so I'd love for there to be a nice name so out there lucky. that they can somehow find themselves with, but they're just, unless you're going to, unless you're going to go all in and get Deshaun Watson, there just doesn't seem to be a lot of names I'm excited about with that, with that lowered in the twenties draft slot, at least. So, uh, with that, really excited that you guys ha- came on. We're going to wrap that. That'll wrap up our Steelers talk. I think we were able to cover it pretty well there. Um, I want to go back around just. Really quickly, tell me uh, just where we can find you. I want to make sure we give you uh, give everybody a chance to make sure they're following you and all that stuff. Ty, we'll start with you. Yeah, uh, I'm at Ty, uh, TNFF Tyrell on Twitter. And make sure you uh, check out the YouTube channel, True North Fantasy Football. And just remember that in all-time NFL history, there's been 220, uh, sorry, 202 wide receivers to have more than 90 catches in a season. And Juju Smith-Schuster had the lowest receiving yards of any of those wide receivers ever this season. So mm. just everyone keep that in mind. Dropping knowledge. Just for fun. Just, oh, to, just to beat on Juju. I, I just had to say drop one more time. That's all. I just had to say that one more time. Herms. <laughs> at Herms NFL on the Twitter. You can also find my blogging stuff at the lateral FF on the Twitter. TheLateralFF.com as well. Also, uh, 14Personnel.com, 14P underscore pod. You can find some of my NFL content there. Um, Yeah, good stuff. Thank you for having me. Brian. Uh, You can find my articles and my rankings at uh, 2 North FFB. Uh, Check check True North out as well. They got a YouTube uh, channel. Five different shows I think we got going uh, weekly. 
um, and lots of good content pumping out from them. And ask Question. the aviator. <laughs> Question for Will right here. Where can we get some Viper swag? I, I, I'm getting to it, Donnelly. Holy smokes. So you can find all of our great content, like the guys were saying, True North FFB, we're, we're absolutely cranking it out. The YouTube channel's rocking and rolling. Ty and Trav are killing it on the on the main show. Some amazing guests coming up uh, with JJ Zacharyson next week. Make sure you check it out. All of my uh, lovely content, nature pictures, and uh, Braxton Berrios gifts at its Harris time. And it, if you need a fantasy football t-shirt, you know, there's a certain player that you absolutely love, team that you love, uh, or fantasy football brand like the Dynasty Vipers. Come to www.viridianglobal. We've got all your gear. We've got t-shirts. We've got hoodies. We've got hats like the one that you see here. Literally everything that you can think of, guys, we, we've got it. So check us out. Check out the Viper gear. Check out the True North gear. We really uh, appreciate all your support. Will, I appreciate you reaching out to me for this. This was a lot of fun. I appreciate having all you guys on. It was, um, it's just always great to, to hear from the fans of these teams and hear, you know, some of the history and just listen to, you know, nobody knows their teams like you guys like you who are fans of the team. So it's awesome to hear. Um, for Will, for Brian, for Ty, for Herms, Matt Donnelly in the chat room here. Certainly, I want to give a shout out to Bob Gilchrist as well. He's been killing it with the backgrounds and uh, the screens. Certainly love what he's doing. For all these guys, Dynasty Vipers, we gone.